Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. They kind of got a funny, the ghost track. They have an eye. It calls when, if you, they just gave, you gave them. Tweet the, the. Withdraw, bringing U.S. home troops from home. And, and, and the, the, the. Hey, you know, you know, you know. You, 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 you need somebody. Wait, so, uh, what, finally, what? Uh, uh, um, oh, i Of, 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 un, of, of. Budget, about, budget. But resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that. Be committed. I, 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 I'm, I'm a warrior. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, that, it was, the, 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 I mean, they, 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 they said that. Look, the, 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 yeah, the, why is a strip? Why is it him? Why, I, 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 I didn't, if we, if we, you know, it, it uh, you know, it, 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 it. We can walk and chew gum. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. True and international average of pressure. Been impeached for inciting the erection. Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, to confidence in the integrity. Private private uh, 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 economic. Uh, uh, part of the um, the um, uh, Mr. The, the, uh, the, uh, the, the I do some of you to some of the leadership of um, every well. I mean, America can't have better leadership than that, can we? Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. How's that sound, Mr. Producer? Bring it down a little bit. How's that? Better. All right. Then that's that's where we be. I'm in another bunker, ladies and gentlemen. I thought we'd do some comparisons between the. Communist Chinese military and the military of the free nation of Taiwan. And we better start talking about this a little bit more thoroughly. Total ground forces, Communist China, 1,040,000 plus 416,000 personnel in the Taiwan Strait area. Almost 1.5 million. Taiwan, 88,000. Taiwan is a nation of about 23.5 million. China is a nation of 1.4 billion. So (laughs) Taiwan's population isn't even a rounding error when you consider the size of communist China. Ground armies, you know, regular army. Army Corps, 13... Ground, uh, excuse me, group armies, 13 group armies in China, plus five in the Taiwan Strait, a total of 18, Taiwan three. Combined arms brigades, 78, 30 additional in the Taiwan Strait area. Um, number in Taiwan, zero. Let's move down the list. 
me a second. Army Aviation Air Assault Brigades. 15 plus 5 in the Taiwan Straits. Communist China is 20. Taiwan is 4. Artillery Brigades. 15 plus 5 in the Straits. That's 20. Taiwan, 3. Airborne Brigades. 7 plus 7 in the Taiwan Straits. That's 14. Taiwan, 0. Marine Brigades. Total of 13. China, 2. Taiwan. Tanks. China has 6,300. Taiwan has 800. Artillery pieces. China has 7,000. Taiwan has 1,100. You can see quite the distinction. Aircraft carriers. Let's see here. Communist China, 3. Taiwan, 0. Cruisers. Communist China, 1. Taiwan, 0. Destroyers. Communist China, 53. Taiwan, 4. Frigates. Little over 80 for Communist China. 22, Taiwan. Corvettes. No, not those. China, slightly over 80. Taiwan, 0. Tank, medium landing ships, amphibious transport dock. Communist China, 57. Taiwan, 14. Diesel attack subs. China, 56. Taiwan has a total of two subs, diesel. Nuclear attack subs. China has nine. Taiwan has zero. Ballistic missile submarines. China has six. Taiwan has zero. Coastal patrol missile armed ships. China has 86. Taiwan has 44. Coast Guard ships, 223. Communist China, 23. Taiwan. You get this sense? Total of fighter jets. Communist China, 1,600. Taiwan, 400. Bombers. China has 450. Taiwan has zero. Transport planes. China has 400. Taiwan has 30. Special mission aircraft. China has 150. Taiwan has 30. China also has nuclear weapons. Taiwan has none. So Taiwan is heavily, heavily, heavily outgunned. This is from the uh, definitive report from the Department of Defense. Um, I was on page 160-something or other. It's almost over 200 pages, so I painstakingly went through this report about the power of China, not just against Taiwan, against India, against Japan, and mostly against the United States. They are on the move. They've stolen an enormous amount of our technology. They've applied it heavily. Uh, you know, when you see figures about the percentage of money they spend on, on the military, on GDP versus us, the figures are unreliable because they believe in the fusion of the military and the civilian. So they use the full force of their economy in every way possible and fuse it with the military. This is the annual report to Congress, Office of the Secretary of Defense, uh, military and security and developments involving the People's Republic of 
China, the most recent one, 2021, and they are required to do this as part of the National Defense Authorization Act. They point out, and I'm telling you this for a reason, they also point out, uh, let's see here, in their executive summary that the PRC strategy, Communist China, is to achieve the greatest rejuvenation of the Chinese nation, they're quoting, by 2049 to match or surpass U.S. global influence and power. So that's about 25 years. Displace U.S. alliances and security partnerships in the Indo-Pacific region. Revise the international order to be more advantageous to Beijing's authoritarian regime and national interests. Can be characterized as a determined pursuit of far-ranging efforts to expand communist China's national power. Despite challenges posed by COVID, Beijing continued its efforts to advance its overall development, including steadying its economic growth, strengthening its armed forces, taking a more assertive role in global affairs. And in response to both long- and short-term economic trends, the Communist Party unveiled a new economic strategic task or new development pattern called dual circulation. Is this boring, everybody? I hope not, because... We are staring evil in the eye here. And whether we want to or not, and whether we like it or not, we're on a course towards war with communist China. Because they want a war. And they're trying to provoke one. The PRC has characterized China's view of strategic competition in terms of a rivalry among powerful nation states, as well as a clash of opposing ideological systems. That is, Beijing views the United States as increasingly determined to contain uh, the communist Chinese, creating potential obstacles to its strategy. Additionally, its leaders are increasingly willing to confront the United States and other countries in areas where interests diverge. In typical communist language, the government there seeks to build a, quote, community of common destiny that supports its strategy to realize the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. You see, Xi has looked at the various dynasties in communist China, which go back a long, long time, long before our country, and uh, he's trying to rejuvenate that. That's what he's doing. Beijing's revisionist ambition for the international order drives from the objective national strategy in the party's political and governing systems. In 2019, it recognized its armed forces should take a more active role in advancing its foreign policy, which, of course, is exactly what it's doing. Now, we have an opportunity here, though. But with Doofus in the White House and the Democrats in Congress and the America Lasters in the Republican Party, we, not, we may miss the opportunity to exploit this. Reagan did not miss the opportunity to exploit the problems in the Russian economy or the Soviet economy. There are serious problems in the Russian econ- excuse me, in the Chinese economy right now, as Breitbart points out. John Hayward. China's economy foundering as the second half of 2022 began with slower manufacturing activity, higher unemployment, and a depressed real estate market. China's weakening economy reduced its demand for oil, combining with downbeat manufacturing data from other countries to bring oil prices down by 4%. A Caxon poll 
found that Chinese manufacturing actively slowed considerably in July, possibly even contracted after the latest round of coronavirus lockdowns ended in June. China Beige Book International consulting firm for investors said July factory output slowed to levels not seen since the mid-2020s and retail sector unemployment at a two-year high. Sign that Chinese urbanites and corporate managers simply do not believe that COVID is over. Retailing is in the most trouble. Other economic surveys found Chinese real estate markets slipping by 33% after an 89% surge from the end of lockdowns in June. Gross domestic product growing by only 0.4% in the second quarter. Consumers nervous despite a 3.1% post-lockdown gain. Consumer spending has been stagnant. Analysts compared the current situation unfavorably to China's recovery from a market collapse and banking scandals in 2015 because consumer spending kept growing in 2015 while it has become stagnant today. When China's troubled real estate giant, the China Evergrande Group, did not deliver its promised $300 billion restructuring plan over the weekend, analysts told CNBC the loss of confidence in real estate could create a negative feedback loop that drags down much of the rest of the Chinese economy. So the point is what? Now is the time to put the screws to the Chinese economy. I understand that a lot of our corporatists, a lot of our unpatriotic corporatists, continue to defend this genocidal regime, this threat to the United States, because of their investments in China. That's their problem. That's their problem. We need a, the equivalent of the Manhattan Project when it comes to our economy and our military. And we need spending on the size of the Marshall Plan. That is, we must slash the socialist economic state. And rather than move money out of the military to redistribution of wealth to more buildings and departments in Washington, to climate change, whatever that is, and all the rest of it, we need to do the reverse. Our military has been underfunded for a long time. Trump's support of the military, quite frankly, given the new threats, is not enough. It's not enough. We need to clean out all the woke brass at the Pentagon who are killing our military from within. We need to get back to strict standards, physical standards, mental standards. You want to dress like a guy and you're a girl. You want to dress like a girl and you're a guy. You want to lop off your genitalia or add to your genitalia. Well, that's not for us in the United States military. No, I'm sorry. And what I said will be controversial, although three, four, five years ago, People would say, what are you nuts? What are you talking about? We all know what I'm talking about. All of us. We need to redirect our domestic federal law enforcement and our domestic federal prosecutions to the communists in China and Iran and the fascists in Russia because they are not protecting our wealth. They're not protecting our proprietary interests. They're not protecting our intelligence. And so we are subsidizing our enemies with our know-how to build missiles and other systems to destroy us. 
And it's time we redirect the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, the Attorney General's Office in Washington, and the U.S. Attorney offices in all 93 districts, and the FBI from investigating innocent American civilians, whether they be parents or what have you, whether they be making up crimes to go against a former president, it's time to go after the real bad guys. Build up the military, go after the bad guys. We can't have so-called conservative Republicans saying, look, we got to make a choice. It's either Europe or China. Are you out of your friggin' mind? I guess the greatest generation was wrong about Russia, right? I guess the greatest generation was wrong about communist mainland China. I guess the greatest generation was wrong about fighting all these battles. Because what does it have to do with America? Right? These are the idiots that we hear today. The idiots. Have you heard of the Solomon Islands? They matter to you? They mattered to us in World War II. You ever hear of Guadalcanal and the Battle of Guadalcanal where my great uncle fought? Way off. More than, what, more than a thousand or two away? Maybe 10,000 miles away. Well, guess what happened? In April, the Communist Chinese signed a deal with the Solomon Islands government. Now, what's the concern there, everybody? What is the concern? They have a deep water port that the communist Chinese want to use for their navy. China. AP, Chinese company, I, Solomon Islands, deep water port. This is a date of Monday. A Chinese state-owned company is negotiating to buy a forestry plantation with a deep water port and World War II airstrip in Solomon Islands amid persistent concerns that China wants to establish a naval foothold in the South Pacific country. A delegation from China Forestry Group Corps visited the plantation that covers most of Kalambangar Island in 2019, asking questions about the length of the wharf and the depth of the water, while showing little interest in the trees. The Board of Forest Products LTT of Kalambangara, the takeover target known as KFPL, which is owned by the Taiwanese and Australian shareholders, wrote to the newly elected Australian Governor May warning of the risk strategic threats posed to Australia by such a sale. Australia's Foreign Minister, excuse me, um, Far- Foreign Minister Penny Wong's office told the AP that Australia was continuing to engage with KFPL on the potential sale. The U.S. and its allies have concerns over China's growing influence in the South Pacific and intensified this year with China and the Solomons signed a bilateral security pact that has stoked fears of a Chinese military presence less than 1,200 miles off the coast, the northeast coast of Australia. And Australia already has a security treaty with the Solomons and Australian police have been maintaining peace in the capital. Now think about that. That's one. What else are they up to? 
You've heard of the Panama Canal? Restrictions to the the passage of traffic through the Panama Canal and the Strait of Magellan. As China moves aggressively to expand its footprint across Central and South America. Are the top concerns of the current U.S. Southern Command, which he told, the head of which told the uh, United States Congress. This is from March. Those very strategic lines of communication that must be kept open, said Army General Laura Richardson in a Thursday briefing before the Senate Armed Services Committee. In Panama, the PRC-based companies are engaged in or bidding for several projects related to the Panama Canal, a global strategic choke point, including port operations on both ends of the canal, water management, and a logistics park. We have a lot of ground to make up. The government of Panama and investing in projects important to uh, Panama, as Beijing has done, she added. General Richardson cited a Corps of Engineers' major water project as a step in the right direction. But the Chinese have invested heavily in a space research project in Argentina as well that would allow Beijing to track U.S. satellites and also won the rights to build facilities near the Magellan Strait that would also give China access to Antarctica. Richardson told the panel Beijing's investments in Central and South American infrastructure, particularly ports, follow the pattern it developed in Africa. Right now, the Chinese have 29 port projects across the command, including a major one in El Salvador that has economic implications for other Central American nations. You haven't heard any of this because they're too busy trying to put Donald Trump in jail, you morons. Liz. The ports have civilian and military value. To date, the Chinese have not participated in large-scale military exercises in the region, although they have sold anti-ship missiles to Venezuela in the last two years. Iran has also reported to have sold similar systems to Caracas. In contrast, the United States participates regularly in major maritime exercises like Unitas and trade wins for disaster response in the Caribbean. In addition, Richardson, five months on the job, said the pandemic wreaked havoc in Central and South America. And they go on. Now, 31 nations, 16 dependencies of the Southern Command are critically important to Beijing now. And in the future, she said, they provide China with 36% of its food sources. This takes an even greater importance as the war in Ukraine threatens global supplies of wheat and other grains, as well as fertilizers. In addition, Richardson said, resources like lithium used in areas as different as medicine and aircraft parts, and I might add batteries, are off the chart for future growth in high-technology enterprises. Other resources Richardson mentioned of value to the Chinese are fresh water, the Amazon itself for possible development, and oil from Venezuela and Guyana. The growing Chinese presence in our hemisphere and continued Russian influence with Cuba and Venezuela are not the only challenges the command faces. Richardson, like other Southern Command top officers, has testified in the past said it also remains a secondary regional command and priorities. She said, I get only a little bit less than 1% of the Global Intelligence, Surveillance, and Reconnaissance Fund. This is in our own hemisphere, ladies and gentlemen. This is our own hemisphere. Now, she mentioned Africa. What's going on in Africa with the Communist Chinese? Forbes. 
Even before the Belt and Road was formally announced in 2013, China was making major strides in Africa's urban development sphere, and it goes on. China is now Africa's biggest trading partner, with Sino-African trade topping $200 billion a year. According to McKinsey, over 10,000 Chinese-owned firms are currently operating throughout the African continent, and the value of Chinese business there since 2005 amounts to more than $2 trillion, with $300 billion investment currently on the table. Africa has also eclipsed Asia as the largest market for Chinese overseas construction contracts. To keep this momentum, Beijing recently announced a $1 billion Belt and Road Africa Infrastructure Development Fund. And in 2018, a whopping $60 billion African aid package. So expect Africa to continue swaying to the east as economic ties with China become more numerous and more robust. More numerous and robust. And why is China doing all this? Why do you think? Some of these countries can't even pay off their debt. They go on, when we look at Africa, we see many countries chasing dreams of a better economic future while burying themselves in massive amounts of infrastructure-induced debt that they may not be able to actually afford. There have already been warning signs. Ethiopia, nearly a quarter of its total 2016 budget. Nigeria had to renegotiate a deal with their Chinese contractor due to their failure to pay. Kenya's 80% Chinese-financed railway from uh, Mombasa to Nairobi. Already gone four times over budget. In 2012, the IMF found that China owned 15% of Africa's external debt. And hardly three years later, roughly two-thirds of all new loans were coming from China. This has some analysts issuing warnings that about a debt trap, with some even going so far as calling what China is doing a new form of colonialism. What does China get out of this? Long-term, long-term control. Over a third of China's oil comes from Africa, as does 20% of its cotton. Africa has roughly half the world's stock of manganese, again, for steel and batteries. Democratic Republic of Congo, on its own, possesses half the planet's cobalt. Got that? Cobalt. For batteries. Africa has also significant amounts of coltan, which is needed for electronics, as well as half the world's known supply of carbonites, a rock formation that's primary source of rare earths. And it goes on. Africa, Central and South America. The South Pacific, the Panama Canal, buying massive amounts of farmland in the United States, with Russia taking control of Antarctica, putting its flag there, claiming territorial control. And I've barely, and I've barely gotten into it. Why is China doing all these things? And what do the, the super cons in our country, the radical libertarians and the phony first America types who don't believe in America first, really? You have communist China who's violated the Monroe Doctrine. You have China's, communist China that is trying to take down and plans to take down Taiwan, an American ally. What else should we do in addition to what I've talked about today and yesterday? 
we should be right now helping to arm up the Japanese because the Jap- their Japanese mainland is in a th- is uh, under threat. Take the phony conditions off that were placed on them in World War II. That's what Abe wanted from us. The ability to defend themselves against the communist Chinese and the North Koreans. What are we waiting for? What the hell are we waiting for? It's crazy. I don't care about the mental munchkins on TV and radio who've got about four days of experience when it comes to even understanding history, let alone military history. I don't care about the phony generals and admirals and colonels who keep claiming that America is the prov- uh, uh, pr- provocateur. Ladies and gentlemen, China's building for war. That's why they're in Central and South America. That's why they're gobbling up all the resources in Africa. That's why they're trying to take over the South China Sea. That's why their military has gotten so massive over such a short period of time. That's why Xi, who fancies himself Mao, as Putin fancies himself Stalin, that's why they're concentrating power, eliminating all, all notions of communication free, uh, freedom. That's why they're rounding up the Uyghurs, rounding them up, and other minorities. They're preparing for war. We're dealing with a self-inflicted stagflation. We're going to spend another trillion dollars that will push us towards depression. Our borders are wide open. Crime is relentless. We're teaching our kids to hate us and to hate themselves. Just a disaster. And the media are focused on destroying Donald Trump, Liz Cheney, Adam Kingsinger, the Democrats are giving aid and comfort to these enemies by distracting the American people and putting out phony lies about how Trump is a threat to the republic. Our federal law enforcement resources are focused on the wrong things. Our prosecutors have been politicized. Our FBI has been politicized in many respects. Our courts are going along for the ride, rubber stamping all the way. And our military isn't being taught as it used to be. You have one mission, victory. Pronouns, wokeism, join the military, get a sex change. You don't get a vaccine, you're out. We're not meeting our numbers. We never will with this kind of attitude. We're not producing enough weaponry. You've got guys like Hawley, and he's not alone. You've got pseudo-conservatives in Congress who look at this and they say it's our fault. They point to three, three engagements that went on and on and on, and so we should never be involved in engagement again. Just duck and cover. And a lesson until the missiles are actually hitting the United States when it's too late, it's none of our business. Let me ask you a question. Is the Monroe Doctrine dead? Are Central and South America none of our business? Are the Panama Canal none of our business? We built that damn canal. Are the Solomon Islands none of our business? We lost Marines on the Solomon Islands in Guadalcanal. 
Is Western Africa none of our business? Where they're trying to build a port today? None of our business. Right? Taiwan, which for more than half a century has been our ally. Is that none of our business? Eastern Europe, none of our business? Well, that's the kind of thinking that got us into World War II. Congratulations, Biden, Democrats, phony generals, phony admirals, phony colonels. Oh, and the phony American firsters. Trump doesn't support this. Reagan never supported it. Nobody with half a brain would pretend that all we have to do is stay away and everything will be fine. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. When we come back, Ted Cruz just grills the hell out of a DOJ official on why they won't arrest protesters. i got to say this about old Ted. Depending on who decides to run, you can't count old Ted out either. I'm telling you, we've got great, great candidates. We've got some real losers, too. You've got Trump. If he wants in, you've got DeSantis. If he wants in. You've got Cotton if he wants in. You've got Cruz if he wants in. And I'm going to leave names out, and I don't mean to. But that's a deep bench. A deep bench, I think. And I know I've missed a lot of names, but don't worry about it. That's, I'm not giving you a definitive list right now. I'm just making a point. And I'll tell you what. Ted, I don't know, was Ted ever a prosecutor? Because he should have been if he wasn't. He's a scholar. I think uh, Liz Cheney wants him in prison, too. Wants everybody in prison. We ought to have a prison camp uh, for everybody who doesn't uh, agree with her and the rest of them. How much time do I have? Well, let's get started. Cut four. Go. Simultaneously, while violent terrorists are threatening pregnancy centers, we also have had protesters at the homes of Supreme Court justices night after night after night. Now, I believe protesting at someone's home where your spouse sleeps, where your children sleeps, is inherently threatening. It is designed to be threatening. And we know the violent rhetoric with the encouragement of Democratic members of Congress resulted in at least one deranged individual traveling from California to Maryland to attempt to murder Justice Kavanaugh. Now, as it so happens, Congress has addressed this issue. It's passed 18 U.S.C. Section 1507, making it a crime to protest at the home of a Supreme Court justice while a case is pending. Night after night after night, these protesters committed federal crimes on national television. Why has the Department of Justice refused to enforce 18 U.S.C. Section 1507? Senator, very recently, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Maryland, in fact, has prosecuted a defendant for unlawful conduct in front of the home of one of our Supreme Court justices. So one person? To date, uh, there has been one prosecution. And what about the hundreds of others, Uh, all of whom have violated the law on the face of it? It's not complicated. The law is very clear. Why does the Department of Justice pick and choose which laws to enforce, which criminal laws to enforce, and why does it seem to exactly follow the pattern of the partisan preferences of the Biden White House. 
Uh, again, Senator, politics shouldn't play and does not play any role in our prosecutorial decisions. What I will also add is that our attorney general has increased the U.S. Marshal Service's resources. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Claptrap. I'll be right back. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381. Anyway, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to read this. It's very controversial. Extraordinarily controversial. And yet, Mr. Producer, it comes out of Harvard. It's a Harvard study. I guess that gives me cover. Harvard study wrecks insurrection narrative of Capitol Hill. Matt Margolis at PJ Media. Matt's very, very good. Here we go. Democrats in the media claim the Capitol riot on January 6th was an insurrection. And they've pushed that narrative relentlessly. Right, Liz? But last week, the Harvard Kennedy School's Shorenstein Center published a study that debunked their claim that the purpose wasn't an insurrection. According to the analysis, most of the rioters were motivated by loyalty to President Trump. You probably never heard of that before, he says. In the most comprehensive study to date of what motivated the Trump supporters to attack the Capitol, the Shorenstein Center research has found 20.6% of the rioters, a plurality, were motivated to take part in the riot because they supported Trump, and obviously they thought what was done was inappropriate. Reports the Harvard Crimson, another 20.6% of the rioters cited Trump's claims. So it was clearly not the outcome the authors of the study anticipated. I don't think I expected the result to be this stark, said Kaylee Fagan, one of the authors of the study. I also certainly didn't expect those two motivations to come up nearly exactly as often as they both did. The documents show that Trump and his allies convinced an unqualified number of Americans, unquantifiable, that representative democracy in the United States was not only in decline, but in imminent existential danger. Isn't that what the Democrats always say, by the way? Democracy is at stake. Democracy. If we don't win. Anyway, uh, it's clear the researchers weren't pro-Trump. They quickly dismiss allegations of election irregularities as, quote, lies about election fraud and seem shocked that QAnon wasn't a significant motivation for the rioters. I'll bet 98% of people there didn't even know what QAnon was. I still don't know what it is. I don't research it, but I still don't know. I told you the time I was at one of these, like the Joe Biden uh, restroom center. By the way, <laughs> Again, you know, I told you I was driving from Virginia to New Jersey this morning. And there is a Joe Biden rest center. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? So I decided to leave my mark there. Let me just leave it at that. I did. No, 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 not that. hope my wife's not listening. I got a hamburger. Hello. Hello. Probably shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, honey. She's trying to keep me alive. She really is. And she is in great shape. She's an athlete. She's a runner and so forth. I'm, you know. I sit on my ass and read and write pretty much. No, I do have uh, three days a week I exercise. Although, according to her, I really don't. But I try to. Got a great guy, Justin. 11 years, I think. 
He and I have been going together, Mr. Producer, 11 years or so. Now, he's terrific. And uh, very good at the personal training. I can't go into a gym, people with their damn iPhones. What crosses my mind all the time is this photo of Ted Kennedy, either on the beach or on the boat, when he weighed like 380 pounds and looked like a Cape Cod orca. That's why I called him the Cape Cod orca. That's why I call Christy the Cape May orca. Until I lose 25 pounds, I ain't taking my shirt off. Anyway, there was no insurrection, Liz. That's the problem. You're going too far. You can have a hearing on the violence, how it happens. You claim it's an insurrection. You try and link it to the former president. You have no evidence. You go on and on about he's committed several crimes, which is very Stalinistic of you. And this is the problem. You just go too far with this stuff. You have no idea what you're talking about. None. That's why I wanted to bring you on the program and politely prove it to you and the American people. So Governor DeSantis, America's governor, he's at a press conference today. And this guy, he just says it, not only says it like it is, but he, he, he just reminds me of the days when I was growing up. Tradition values, faith, family. And look what we're facing today. Drag queens are to be honored. Strippers, I guess, are next. Pornography in our kids' libraries and their schools. Endless talk about genitalia and what their teachers do with their genitalia. I mean, it's so perverse, so immoral. Transgender is now a uh, civil rights movement. So you lop off your penis or you add one to your body. That's a civil rights movement? Oh, yes, you don't understand. No, I don't. People like that are being discriminated against. Well, unless they're walking without their pants, how do I even know what the hell's going on, Mr. Producer? I don't. Anyway, where am I going with this? Governor DeSantis at a press conference today. Cut 10, go. One of the things that they're trying to do is they talk about these very young kids getting gender-affirming care. What they don't tell you what that is, is they are actually giving very young girls mis- double mastectomies. Now, let's they stop want- there. That is... Anybody who does that should be arrested and serve time in prison. That's a psycho who does that. I don't care if they have a medical degree or not. That's a psycho. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Boys, that's wrong. And so we've stood up and said, both from the health and children well-being perspective, you know, you don't disfigure 10, 12, 13-year-old kids uh, based on gender dysphoria. 80% of it resolves anyways by the time they get older. So why would you be doing this? I think these doctors need to get sued. Yes, they need to wind up in orange suits, and maybe we should do the same to them. Look, you're only born with that, you know. You don't need it. So he said they, they want to castrate the boys. They want to give double mastectomies to the women. I mean, to the girl. It's just sick. These are schools. Just do your damn job. Can't you do that? Apparently not. Apparently not. Cut 11, go. 
having a flood of people is a huge problem. It's, it's, it's interesting. They're fine doing it when it's affecting people they don't like in red states, for example. But when you bring that to their doorstep in Washington, D.C. or New York City, they don't like that very much. And so that's a huge issue, just the sheer volume of people coming illegally. And I'm going to tell you something, Greg Abbott, I sure as hell hope he's reelected in Texas. Gabedo O'Rourke. Another guy. He's wealthy, marries into wealth, runs around like he's a, I'm a common man. You're not a common anything. You're a moron. Cut 12, go. We have more buses headed their way as we speak right now. But, Sean, this just shows the hypocrisy of these liberal leaders up in the Northeast who think, well, that border crisis created by Joe Biden, uh, that's fine as long as it's Texas that has to deal with it. But as soon as they have to deal with the real consequences of Biden's border cause crisis, they're up in arms calling for the National Guard, as you point out, dealing with just a tiny fraction of what we have to deal with every single day. We're going to keep sending those buses up there uh, until they fully understand. And most importantly, Sean, until the Biden administration does its job to enforce the laws concerning the border. Mm hmm. Well, they're not going to. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Chris Smith, congressman from New Jersey. It's been a long time, friend of mine. We don't keep in touch as much. I don't keep in touch with anybody. You want to know the truth. But he has been fighting the communist Chinese and their inhumanity since he's been a member of the House of Representatives, maybe even before. And he's fighting them now, and he's trying to bring some issues to the attention of the American public. And so I thought, what better time? Chris Smith, how are you, my friend? Very, very good, Mark. And thanks for having me on. Deeply appreciate my, it. My pleasure. Tell me what's going on with the Chinese and their exploitation of uh, people in Africa. Sure. It's an ongoing, you know, I've chaired 76 congressional hearings on human rights abuses in China. I'm blocked from going there now. Uh, but in the DR Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, that is the place where they have mines uh, that are including cobalt mines. They have about 70 percent of the world's cobalt and electric vehicles are absolutely reliant on it, especially the batteries. Uh, and they are cornering the market as we talk. Um, it's also in phones and electronics and some other applications. But for the first time, more than a third of all the end use of cobalt just last year alone was for EVs, electric vehicles. So the environmentalists are pushing the EV on the backs of children and other exploited workers. And they're being exploited in the most horrific of ways. I felt did a hearing on July 14th called Child Labor and Human Rights Violations in the Mining Industry of the DRC. And we focused, we had a priest from uh, the Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, and a number of other very, very outstanding witnesses who just drew a, you know, a, a laser light on how these kids are going into mines, they're getting sick, um, many are dying, uh, and this cruelty is going on in the light of day, and the leadership of the DR Congo, which is corrupt, 
uh, Teshiketi, who's the president, uh, uh, is corrupt. And, you know, so they get paid off uh, while their people, the, the citizens of, of that country, are cruelly exploited. And why? Because cobalt is in such demand right now. It's not unlike what's going on in uh, Xinjiang, where there's an actual uh, the killing of the Uyghurs, the Muslims. Well, what comes from there? Uh, solar panels. <laughs> and, and um, you know, the Chinese have cornered both markets, um, and they're doing it with the utmost cruelty uh, and human rights abuse. So I'm trying to bring attention to it with my hearings. I'm working on some legislation right now uh, that would hopefully really put a tourniquet on this terrible exploitation. Is part of the reason that the national media aren't making headlines out of this is because they don't want the future of electric vehicles and so forth to be affected by it? My belief and my gut tells me, yes, uh, they'll call for some reforms, and those things don't happen. Because <clears throat> with the Chinese Communist Party, uh, there is never reform. You mentioned how I've done it for a long time. I've been in Congress for um, 42 years. My First Amendment in, house, in the floor of the House was in 1983 uh, on forced abortion in China and denying fundings to groups like the UN Population Fund, which Reagan fully supported my amendment uh, because of their complicity in the forced abortion, one child per couple policy. In every category, religious persecution, labor like this, you know, abusive labor, um, every area, use of torture, which is systemic and absolutely pervasive. Um, the Chinese Communist Party, especially under Xi Jinping, uh, is, is there's no other worst country in the world, including trafficking. You know, I wrote the trafficking laws in the United States, Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000. Uh, they're a egregious violator, according to the annual report, but it only tells some of it, what they do on labor, you know, like the forced labor and forced um, uh, prostitution um, uh, is, is unconscionable. And yet people say, oh, let's, let's talk nice about uh, the Chinese Communist Party and uh, hold their hand. And the people, too, you know, they get angry for a minute and then it's gone. And I'm afraid with this whole idea of exploiting children to get cobalt, um, you know, people, a lot of people in the, you know, the Sino watchers will say, oh, yeah, we got to do something about that. Then they turn the page. That's why I'm going to work on a, I'm working on a bill right now. But it really does come to loggerheads, doesn't it? You cannot have these environmental vehicles. They need these batteries without cobalt. And 70% comes from Congo. Exactly. China is controlling bigger and bigger chunks of it. And the mining is, is, as you say, they're abusing the people of Congo, particularly little kids. And the way they mine there is horrific. They just plow up the whole countryside. They do. And then they use these other kind of mines called artisanal mines. And that's where the children, who are smaller, they go in with picks. Uh, is a very high concentrated amount of cobalt, uh, and they get sick. They get cancer. They die. There's no protections for most of them. Uh, and, and then the cobalt is processed in, processed in China because most is processed in China. So they've cornered that market like they have done um, uh, pharmaceuticals, the way they have done other sectors, because, you know, as Biden pushes the Green New Deal, he wants to be in a situation where, or they want to be in a situation where they benefit from the United States market and globally. And unfortunately, all of the big corporations will be complicit in this, as they have been on most favored nation status for China, which I helped lead the effort to try to stop it. We failed back during the Clinton administration. Uh, so it's a situation where it's getting worse. I mean, you, could, you can predict what this will be all about. 
all these companies kowtowing to Xi Jinping in Beijing to get the cobalt because they want to have the uh, the batteries and they want to, you know, um, uh, for a whole lot of things, but especially electric cars. And how does the administration square this or how does the Democrat leadership square this? That is that we're going to be empowering communist China even more by our abandonment of our resources and the embrace of resources that they control. Well, I think they, to a large extent, and there are always exceptions in every administration, uh, pretty much look the other way. You know, John Curry uh, has made it clear that human rights and global climate change uh, that he doesn't, you know, talk one about or the other. Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, first trip to Beijing, and I did a floor speech on this because I couldn't believe she said it, she goes, I'm not going to let human rights get in the way of climate change and trade. Uh, hello, <laughs> human rights are rule of law. If, you, if you're worried about copyright infringement, well, that's aided uh, in a positive way when you have true human rights uh, recognition. And, and so I don't think they, you know, the, the imperative from their point of view to just get these electric cars and to get the solar panels is so high, uh, but especially now with this cobalt, that um, you know, they'll, they'll say the right words at times, but this has to be tough. Uh, you know, these kids are being exploited and dying every day. The, the priest, Father Manani, who's testified at my hearing from from uh, DR Congo, he did it by way of Zoom in his case, uh, he couldn't have been more clear how the church, Catholic Church and other, you know, faith-based entities there are speaking out. But who's listening to them? Mm-hmm. Your European Union's not. The Biden administration is not. Um, I am and some of my fellow Republicans who are deeply concerned, Marco Rubio, for example, uh, cares about this. But uh, we're, we're going to just keep pressing it. And, um, you know, if we can get a bill passed uh, that would ensure that the supply chain uh, does not have this in it, uh, and that's what I will be seeking to do. You know, we did a, a, and I was one of the principal sponsors of it, a bill called the Uyghur Forced Labor Act. We're out of time. But it was to make sure that anything coming out of Xinjiang uh, is not made with gulag labor or slave labor. We need to do the You know, same Chris thing. Smith, I need, I need to bring you back because you're, oh, you're a fan of knowledge when it comes to communist China. I want to thank you. He's a longtime member of the House from the 4th District of New Jersey. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much, and God bless you, Mark. Good night. We'll be right back. One other thing. Well, many others, but I want to get into this. I mentioned this to you the other day. Jake Leahy, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, appears to have a good shot at being signed into law. If Senate Democrats can get Kirsten Sinema to join Senator Joe Manchin, the bill will have the necessary 50 votes to pass through the reconciliation process. Let's hope that never happens. Why? Because that plan would hurt you. Working class taxpayers and small business owners across America, the act will introduce a, quote, corporate alternative minimum tax, unquote, which will compel a 15 percent tax on corporate income. It will increase the taxes imposed on certain high income earners. Finally, it will step up enforcement mechanisms within the IRS. Now, while most people rightfully do not want to see tax hikes during a recession, few realize the negative impact expanded enforcement would have. The White House says it tends to make. The top 1%, 1% pay for expanded government programs. But by expanding the IRS enforcement, that won't affect just the wealthy. Instead, it'll just step up 
hurting you. Everybody listening to me. Listen to what they have in store. The great Joe Manchin. Listen, West Virginia. The additional funding for the IRS adds up to $80 billion over the next decade, essentially doubling the size of the federal government's debt collector, doubling its size, and putting 87,000 new IRS agents in action. I talked about this. The result will be increased audits on small businesses and middle-class taxpayers all over the country. While there are over 600,000 audits annually, which disproportionately affect low-income earners. Under the new beefed-up enforcement plan, the IRS will be able to perform 1.2 million additional audits. Surely those million-plus audits won't just be of billionaires, because we don't have a million billionaires, do we? This massive money in enforcement infrastructure comes at a time when even getting in contact with the IRS can seem daunting. According to the IRS itself, the agency only answered roughly 10% of all phone calls received during the previous year. Nor is its stepped-up enforcement likely to raise the $700 billion projected. Nor is it likely to make billionaires break a sweat. After all, those people have the best accounts and lawyers money can buy. A luxury that lower-wage taxpayers like you aren't typically able to afford. High-wage W-2 employees, salaried employees, and executives of sophisticated corporate entities usually aren't afraid of being audited. Why not? Because they have their ducks in a row. It's small business owners, sole proprietors, independent contractors, who are most often subject to IRS audits. Sole proprietors, small business owners, independent contractors. So doubling the IRS's enforcement efforts will certainly raise some additional money for the federal government. It'll just do it at the expense of middle-class, hard-working Americans, including entrepreneurs. That is, people who don't depend on government, who keep funding the government, are punished over and over and over again. Democrats in Washington may be preparing to celebrate what they believe will be a tax hike on the fortunate few. But you Main Streeters, you better watch your backs. Because the knife is going to be put in your back. There aren't enough billionaires. 1.2 million audits will be instituted. 1.2 million. That's a lottery you don't want to win, and unfortunately, you will. Anyway, I share a lot of things with you folks. I know it's not necessarily compelling radio, but there you are. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. We salute our truckers. We salute. I salute you. God bless each and every one of you. See you tomorrow.